Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Performance Anxiety. I am your host, Mark, and I want to thank our sponsor, AKG, for sending us their Podcaster Essentials Kit. It comes with a wonderful Lyra mic and a beautiful set of headphones. If you ever thought about starting your own podcast, this is the most economical, highest quality way to do it. This episode, I am honored to be joined by a great guitarist as well as an all-around great guy, Dave Wiener. Dave has been Steve Vai's rhythm guitarist for many years. He shares how he met Steve and how Steve has helped him grow by keeping him out of his comfort zones. He also tells us the most important lessons he's learned from Steve. Dave has released three solo albums and already remastered one of them, and he's set to release another soon. It's not easy writing and recording music when you tour with Steve Vai. So when everything was locked down last year, Dave took advantage of that time. He also talks about his website, Gatopia.com, how it began, and what's in store for it in the near future. Follow Dave on Instagram, at Dave Wiener Guitar, at Gatopia, at Visible at Night, or at Monument Shine. On Twitter, at Dave Wiener Music, at Monument Shine, or at Visible at Night. And Facebook is Dave Wiener Music. Follow us at Performance ANX on Instagram and Twitter, we do like coffee from ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety if you're inclined to treat us to a cup. And you can purchase some merch at performanceanx.threadless.com. So let's get right into the conversation with Dave Wiener on performance anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. All right. This is Dave Wiener. I'm on the Performance Anxiety Podcast. You can check me out online, Facebook, YouTube, etc. Listen to the podcast and enjoy. It's been a uh, two, f- at least two fingers of whiskey day. <laughs> so, you know what? That that reminds me. If you give me just one second, I'm gonna run and grab a beer. Two take, sec. Take your time, man. No rush. <laughs> it's always great when you. I mean, th- this is my basement, and it's always great. I got a fridge right in this little utility room, just oh, nice. full of beer. <laughs> oh, that's good. My, Convenient uh... for writing purposes. <laughs> <laughs> Improv, jams. Yeah. yeah, my beer fridge is, is across the house, so I keep my whiskey close by my, my... So I've got my nice Buffalo Trace. You know what? 
I, I swear somebody was just talking about Buffalo Trace because I've been saying, you know, I, I'm I'm not well versed in whiskey, yeah. scotch, bourbon, like all of, I, and I know that they're 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 different. Uh, right. But a friend of mine was like, go for go for Buffalo Trace. It's a good one to to just start to get a good palate with whiskey and such. Yes, you know, I'm always looking at little things like easy things like you know getting into beer wine any kind of drink you know what i mean just something oh, yeah. that's a, a distraction like all day i started my uh well i didn't start but i guess i did kind of officially start my my next record today oh cool my acoustic record that's coming out is off to mixing and mastering so now i'm on to the next one and uh i'm just in this in this mindset of just one after another i'm for better or for worse being in vise band for so long and all the touring that that has entailed which i'm not complaining about at all right but you find yourself short on time you know because these tours are, are are fairly intense it's usually five six seven nights in a row and then a day off and when I was younger, I had the ambition of, well, on my day off in the in the hotel, I'll just uh, I'll record, I'll write. Right. Now, <laughs> you know, now it's like when we get that day off, I'm I'm sleeping, right. I'm just relaxing, you know. So it's, I feel, uh, I like I got to catch up a little bit on on the music that I want to release. So now I'm just one after another banging it out, and for like the last three hours, I've been. I, I know what the sound generally the Freedmans are what I go to, but mm -hmm. uh, you know every time I start a new project I do experiment. So I was experimenting with the Freedman, the Freedman through the cabinets, the Freedman through this. I know you can't see it, but there's a Boss uh, tube amp expander oh, on cool. top of these amps. Um, the Axe effects. I pulled out some of these other amps. Just to, I always end up going back to the same thing. But I, I do like to, you know, do the diligence and just experiment a little bit. But yeah, hours of what's this sound like? What's this sound like? It's like, all right, I need a drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've had, that was my day today. It's like everything that could go wrong did. Some days it's like, uh, yep, anything just go just go easily <laughs> exactly and and my biggest fear in recording these is that i'm unprepared for my guest and i say something stupid about your music so i get it i i, I get it it's it's there's such when it comes down to it there's such little time in the day for most things so it's no it's no big deal you oh. know i'm so like at this point i'm barely answering emails, texts, <laughs> anything, unless it's absolute priority. Um, I just kind of keep pushing off until it's okay. This is the date that this has to happen. So yeah. it's, there's just so much, there's only so much time in the day and you, 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 you have to pick and choose your battles. So, so it looks like you're drinking a yingling. Yes. So you Pennsylvania boy, right? I live outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. Nice. All right, man. I grew up in New Jersey, so I'm very familiar okay. with the area. Yeah. Half of my family is over in uh, Jersey in the Cherry Hill area. That wasn't too far from where I, I grew up. I grew up in uh, Branchburg area. So. Okay. Great. It's a great location. It really, it really is. is. It's so easy to get to anywhere. Yeah. I, I really dig it. I mean, for me, it's always been convenient. 
uh, you know, for, for what I do, you know, a, an hour to the shore, 90 minutes to, to Manhattan, you know, mm -hmm. a couple hours down to PRS, you know, down in Maryland or, yeah. or, you know, going down to DC or something. It's always been, you know, nice and nice and convenient. Yeah. And I, I'm close to DC now. So I'm in, I'm in uh, Winchester, home of Patsy Klein. Cool. The first time I ever actually found out about you, discovered you and your music, was at a Steve Vai show. And mm -hmm. it was a 2005 tour, uh, the Real Illusions tour. And yeah. uh, Was that the one with the violin players or no? Um, or was that with like Tony McAlpine yeah. and Billy Sheehan? Yeah, that was okay. Tony McAlpine and, and Billy Sheehan. Yeah, because um, I lived in Southeast Alabama at the time. Oh, okay. And we, my wife, it was around my birthday. So it was like mid to late June. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I've got these two tickets. My wife and I decide it's in Birmingham, but that's like three hours away. My wife and I drive up to go see the show. Uh-huh. And we, we're watching the show and Eric Sardinas opened up. Yeah. Yeah. And that dude, first of all, yeah. the show was wild. He rips. He did. And, yeah. but so then I'm like, this is great. I, I'm going to go to the merch table and buy his album. So I go and I pick it up and I turn around and I go face first into his stomach because he's so huge. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. five foot six. So, you know, and he's like Brett Michaels meets Gene Simmons because he's this yeah. enormous dude. He's got these huge boots on and this cowboy hat. He's like yeah. seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah. And I bump into him with, with this CD and he's like, oh, awesome, man. Thanks. And he grabs it and he just signs it. And I'm like, like, holy crap, I didn't even have to ask. Thanks, man. <laughs> so then I go back out and, and, uh, I, and I see your album there. And I'm like, okay. oh, all right, I gotta, I'll, let me pick this up. This is because it was, you know, the, the price was right. And it was like, I'm like, you know, the guy's playing with Steve's got to be good. So I pick it up and I'm trying to remember if after the show, see, after the show was kind of weird because it was my mm. birthday. So... Right. My wife goes to the security officer after the show's over and it was an incredible show. You guys are amazing. Mm, and the security guard, the head of the security is, is there and he's shooing everybody out. And my wife goes up to him and he's like, Hey, I got a, I got a favor. I know you, you probably get asked this all the time. Is there any way we could meet Steve Vai? And he's like, she's, he's like, Oh, you know, I get it. I'm, I don't know. She's like, it's my husband's birthday. He's a huge fan. And and this is a place called the Boutwell Auditorium. So it was on the second floor of this building. It's like, all right, I just go downstairs. I, remember, I think I remember that place. Oh, cool. Was it? Maybe I'm wrong. And, I, I may, you know, again, it's been so oh. long and, and we play so many shows. Yeah. For some reason, though, and now I'm getting it mistaken, but I could have sworn that it was like a long, like the stage, like if it was a rectangle, the stage was facing the short the short yes. wall is that right yeah and it was just it's kind of like an open space there wasn't any yeah yeah there was there's like no seating or anything it was just right. a big huge auditorium it's like playing yes. in a school gym yes yes i was about to say a gym yeah for some reason i remember i remember that down in down in birmingham yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome. So, so I'm like, all right, he's, he tells us to go wait for him downstairs. I'm like, oh, he's just blowing us off. You mm -hmm. know. We go downstairs and my wife's like, no, let's just, let's just wait a couple minutes. So we go down. All of a sudden he pops up. He's like, hey, guys, come here. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He's like, all right, let's go. We'll go down to the basement. There's showers in there. Usually 
the uh, the bands will, will shower off, get ready before, so they don't have to be all sweaty on the bus. So okay, right. so we go down, and he takes us. It's like this labyrinth of it's a, this maze to get there. We finally get there, and we're hanging out, just just waiting by these lockers, and all, security guard goes away. He's he's gone. All of a sudden, this, this guy comes up in a King's X jacket. Okay, and I'm like the tour manager. Yes, and I'm like. I love, yeah, like I love King. Oh, that's an awesome jacket, man. I love King's X. He goes, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I got used to, I managed them for, or something. We're talking. He's like, what are you guys doing down here? Like, well, (laughs) it's my birthday and the head of security, you know, he, he kind of totally let us down here and just to meet Steve's just to say hi for my birthday and thank him for a great show. And he's like, oh, Steve's down on the other end. He's already at the buses. I'm like, oh, shit. Just then the security guy comes back and he's like, Hey, I noticed you guys didn't have anything from design, so I tore these posters off the wall and I found a okay. silver marker for you. That's really nice. And I'm like, hey, well, he's down at the other end by the buses. I don't. He's like, follow me, and he starts <laughs> running, and we just take off down these hallways. He opens the door, and there's the buses. He's like, all right, he should be over there. Good luck. Okay, so we go there. And there's a crowd of the VIP people there. So we, we, we work our way through the crowd to get up there. And as, literally, as soon as we get like one person between us, Steve's like, all right, that's it. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate it. I'm like, ah. My wife, go, my wife goes, oh, hell no. And she blows through. <laughs> Steve's walking to the bus. She actually goes up to him and grabs him by the shoulder and uh. says, Mr. Vi. And he stops and he's like, uh, hello? <laughs> my wife's like, I'm sorry. She's like, it's my husband's uh, birthday. We we drove three hours to see the show, and I really just wanted him to meet you for his birthday. And and it was such an amazing show. And and it's this is the first concert I've ever been to. It was amazing. And he's he stopped. And he's like, this was your first concert. She's like, yeah, I've never been to one before. He, you and you chose my show to be your first concert. Uh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it was my husband's birthday, and he wanted. Thank you so much. That, that means so much. You guys drove three hours for your first show, and they just started talking for like ten minutes. <laughs> I was like, "Well, hey, uh, thanks, Mr. <laughs> thanks, Mr. Vi. I appreciate it." But he he signed the, the thing, and he wished us well, a safe drive back home. But we we sat there and talked with him for like ten minutes. Steve's a really very warm, very appreciative, and generous person with his time and with fans because again any anyone who even attempts to do music as a living it's it's up to the fans yeah. you know and some people are you know you get to a certain point i would say that i i have you know never even thought about but i can imagine like somebody on steve's level being a rock star that that he is you know, and especially when it was like the rock star heyday in the David Lee Roth era, the yes. White era, you get used to a certain kind of lifestyle, a certain kind of interaction even with, you know, the general public. And sometimes you you can be sheltered from that and lose your social skills. Yeah. So sometimes it's by circumstance and sometimes it is the ego, you know, whatever it is. But Steve is just one of the um, most evolved human beings mentally. I've, I've, I mean, he has to be. Well, yeah, he's definitely one of one of the most evolved human beings, and he understands, you know, the effort that it would take to drive three hours and take 
the time. I mean, that's six hours out of your day yeah. just to commute and then purchase the ticket, see the show. You know, yeah. that's not lost on most people, I would say. Some yeah. some people, when they get past that kind of rock star status, they can kind of be like, cool, see you. You know, yeah. what, what it might be. And, you know, but Steve's not like that. Steve's, Steve's super cool. I've seen, I've seen, you know, I've been on tours with, uh, not in the vibe band, but other situations where some people are just too rock star for their own head. And yeah. I don't know, I don't get that. Cause I was, you know, if I ever was like that growing up, yeah. you know, it's just not, <laughs> it's, it's just not, it's just not necessary. It's not needed. It's a little bit of an issue. I think now with, but completely unfounded and, and unvalid, invalid with social media. Yeah. You know, I've met people who are very, you know, very, very nice people and they're popular on YouTube, but they have a, a head on them. And it's like, it's like reality stars almost. Yes. And, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm grossly generalizing. I know that. Um, but you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. You know, famous for being famous. Uh, yeah. but <laughs> the Paris Hilton on. effect. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and I was a, I've been a, a Steve Vai fan since Passion of Warfare came out. Went back and got you know his stuff before that. Afterwards, I became a completist. But mm -hmm. that interaction just made me a lifelong fan. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've never missed a release from him. But mm -hmm. at that point, I just you know I said you know what that that type of interaction means so much so yeah and it's such a simple thing to just spend a few minutes you know with, with somebody i mean most people like to have somebody want to just have a conversation with you just spend a little time with you just as humans that should be a really great feeling it should yeah. be a really great thing now again i you know again some people to converse that some people don't understand that sometimes we are on a very strict schedule. Yeah. And especially after a long day, you know, and Steve I shows are not short. No. <laughs> no. And it can be it can be tired. It can be tiring. But you know, it is a testament to who Steve is. He he goes above and beyond to make time for yeah. people. And that it's just it's such a it's he's always been a great example for me in those situations from day one, you know, joining his band when I was in my early twenties, he's like, you gotta, you gotta treat people right. Yeah. You know, you, you have to, you have to do the right thing just on a human level, but you gotta treat people right. And, and, uh, you know, it's not for anything other than it's how you would want to be treated as well. And, exactly. you know, the golden rule, it's, exactly. it's nothing surprising, but it is surprising how some people just don't, don't get it. Yeah. Now, you joined his band pretty early, but you weren't always a guitarist. You started out on drums, didn't you? Well, not not professional. Not professional, but that was your, your first instrument of choice. It, it was. I I'm started doing my drums. air drums here as... You know, I, when I was, I don't even know, five or six or seven years old, I would set up pillows on my bed and I, I was in the school band, but by band, that means you're just playing a snare. Right. You know, what a kid. Right. It was, it was like marching band type stuff. And I was playing, I was playing. So I had a set of sticks, but I wanted a kit so bad, but <laughs> I, I, I didn't have one. So I would set up pillows and I would play along to these records, like, like note for note. 
and I, 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 I didn't even, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but in my head, I was, that's where he is and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, it, it, and then I did start playing drums and it was a really fortuitous thing as a musician because um, any instrument, the rhythm is the priority. No rhythm, no music, no matter what. You can have all the chops and technique and knowledge and all that stuff. If you don't know how to put it through rhythm, it's not going to land ever. It's not going to connect. When I was 10, I switched over to guitar and it was always kind of a rhythm forward type of thing. I mean, to the to the point a little bit detrimentally in my 10 to 21 age range really i literally never practiced technique oh wow all about writing i learned a ton of songs back then now i couldn't play like three of them but you know <laughs> back then when you're a teenager that's all i wanted to do and i, I had a band the original band we were writing we put out two records when i was a teenager original oh, wow records that's what it was always about i mean don't get me wrong through that and through learning other songs that was kind of my way to practice technique but i was completely not enthused about sitting there with a metronome and just going you know over and over again one two three four one two three four one two three four now i still do it i started doing it and now i still do it and i also really encourage Technique, not for the sake of technique, but technique for the sake that any musician has, especially, you know, talking about guitar here, we have to have physical ability and we have to have strong and dexterous hands. And that is not going to happen in a gym. It's only going to happen by doing what I considered 30 plus years ago to be super boring exercises. <laughs> right. I didn't get it at the time. Now I understand the extreme value of just promoting hand health finger independence and just doing those one, two, three, four, one, three, two, four, one, four, two, three, like all of those permutations of your basic movement, muscle programming exercises. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, with all of my lessons, uh, you know, on Gatopia and my private students and such, it's gotta be part of the daily maintenance for okay. sure. I'm going to do one thing. It is getting dark here. Before I become a floating head here, I'm going to switch some lights on. Give me one second. All good. All good. They don't do a whole lot, but it's better than black. Ugh, there we go. You know, I down here, I purposefully keep most of the lights off just because you're in a creative space. It's got to have a vibe. Oh, yeah. Got to have some sort of some sort of character to it. And so, I mean, there, there are a couple lights on, but not many. And I like it that way. I've got my, you know, my, my screen is right here. That's why I'm glowing purple. <laughs> particular, you know, whatever the newest Mac OS and the right. default desktop that comes with it. It's just, you know, you got to have that vibe. You got to want to be in your environment and be motivated and inspired by it. So, you know, that's why I've got all this gear not, and, and I hang up these, these uh, I don't know if you can see it really, but these base, they're just tapestries. Okay easy really easy way to spruce up your environment without having to you know paint the walls put something else on the walls i mean we're talking amazon tapestries and thumbtacks <laughs> <laughs> but if you want an instant spruce up to your place and, and it's it's important you know i talk about this stuff uh, again on Gatopia, like down to your chair you need a chair, a guitar player needs a chair that at least has movable or removable arms. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. 
I keep seeing guitar players buying your standard desk chairs with arms. I'm like, <sighs> down to the chair. Yeah. Let's get it right so that we are inspired, comfortable, because that's going to promote you having that guitar in your hands more than if, of course, if you're uncomfortable or uninspired in your environment, you, you're going to be less prone to, to the hours that we all need pretty much every day to keep getting better. That makes sense. I mean, if you're fighting the armrest on your chair to get the right position, then you're just going to get frustrated and the hell with it and put it down. Yeah, yeah, that's not fun. So what inspired you to pick up the guitar and put the drums down? There were two things. One, at the time, I was not really enjoying the fact in this band that I was, uh, you know, in middle school, basically, I was... I guess it might have even been before middle school, but whenever it was, I was just playing a snare, you know, and it was just like, I wanted to rock out and that was not doing it for me. I didn't really like the teacher. And then Back to the Future came out. Ah. When Marty McFly in the, in the beginning plugs his little Chiquita guitar into that huge, you know, yeah. amp at Doc Brown's house. Yeah. And he just hits it and flies yeah. back. I was like, you know, again, I, I was like nine or ten years old, and I'm, I was blown away. And then, of course, at the at the end of the movie when he's playing Johnny Be Good, oh Marvin Berry's band. I was like, I was just like, you know, he's kicking over a, an amp and he's running around the stage. I was like, you know what? I I think that's what I want to do. But wow. which is funny because my personality is actually not like that, not to be out front. I'm, I'm a chill person. You know, I was a center fullback playing soccer and I, my personality just, just suits being kind of behind a kit or, or just a little bit. I, I don't, I don't like a lot of spotlight, right. you know, as much as I can open my mouth and talk, <laughs> I, I really, that, that's really more my personality, but it was just the, it just wasn't a question, you know, and, and, and I've always kind of lived my life like that. If there's a question, the answer is no. When there's no question and just an, just a clear direction that your instincts take you, you got to do it. If you're questioning anything, there's hesitation. There's something in there that you should investigate more. That's what uh, I'm saying. If the que if there's a question, the answer right now is no. Wow, okay. Sit on it a little bit longer. Maybe a different answer or yes will eventually happen. But, you know, we've all had these moments in our life where we don't even have to think about it. It's just, yes, I'm yeah. doing that. This is what's happening. And that's the way it was for guitar with me. So I didn't listen, of course, as a 9-year-old or a 10-year-old. I'm not uh, of the uh, mental... Uh, capacity to understand personality traits and what may or may not suit better, like being behind a kit in the back of the stage or standing on the edge of a stage with a rock star like Steve Vai, you know, doing all this stuff. Y you know, there was no question. It was just, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And that was it. You ended up taking a, a path into to going to GIT. Was that the plan from the beginning? Or, I mean, yeah, there was no, there was, there was no questioning again to probably the detriment of my schoolwork growing up. <laughs> I can tell you, I literally did nothing. I did no, I did, you know, I got the smarts enough to just 
homework, 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 test, 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 done. But there was no time really spent on anything from 10 to graduation wow. of high school. There was really nothing else done except except playing guitar, you know? And then right when I, gra I graduated high school, I guess I was 17, and I, right then I wanted to move to L.A., and I wanted to go. To, I wanted to go to Musicians Institute then, but my parents were like, "You're a little." I wasn't even 18 yet. I graduated high school a year earlier, and I, and I, they were like, "You probably should just get a little more age, a little more experience <laughs> under your belt, yeah. move across the country, and go live in a crazy place like Hollywood." And um, so I went to college. I, I, you know, I did, and it was basically a waste. It was a waste of money, and it was a waste of time. Don't get me wrong; I had a good time there, and I made good friends. But education-wise, total waste of time. Wow. Total waste. Yeah. And it's because every second I was at this school, I was like, "This is a waste of time. I need to be in LA. I need to be starting my career." Yeah. You know. It, again, there was no question, and unfortunately. I couldn't enjoy myself, you know what I mean? I could not enjoy myself really. I did, you know, to a degree, but yeah. every year of college, I was still thinking and I was playing guitar and I was just working on it and I was like, all right. So I told my parents, I'll go to college, but without fail, when I'm done with that, I'm moving to LA, I'm going to MI, and that's what I did. You know, again, there, there just wasn't a question. And that's how you met Steve. Yeah, when I got to LA, as, as MI hadn't even start started yet but i got there maybe like two weeks early because you got to find a place to live yeah and mi mi makes that mi, MI facilitates that like most schools do right. they've got a list of people looking for roommates and the local buildings near the school where availabilities are for you know apartments and such and i found a place found a roommate and blah 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 but i remember being at school trying to take care of that at mi and uh, that's where there was this, there was, you know, it's nothing like now. Yeah. Uh, it was still analog world back then. Right. Yeah. Talking 98. And there was just a cork board up with little index cards. And those were all job positions that were available. Okay. And um, I just, I had the inclination to take a look at that. Because I knew, you know, again, you can be the best of whatever you are, but if nobody knows you and you don't start making those connections, it it's exponentially more difficult to do whatever you're trying to do. So I knew that and uh, happened to find one that, that was uh, a management firm, and I thought that'd be good to learn the business side of things. Okay, yeah. No names, just a fax number, not even a telephone number. <laughs> fax number uh, and it just said uh you know management firm artist management firm seeks intern two days a week and not even like two full days you know it's up there to go to school yeah and it had a fax number fax your resume and and i got a call that evening unusually late like 11. oh wow and it turned out to be this woman ruta sapetis who is steve's original manager it's got a different manager now because she has gone on to become a a world best-selling novelist oh wow i didn't Just realize that left turn she is huge now her books are being made into movies it's really it's it's remarkable she waited for yes she's sitting there <laughs> should i do this no she's following your advice yeah yeah and anyway she calls me and she's like hey i got your facts uh, and your resume looks good let me tell you a little bit about we've got this band she managed in the late 90s there was a huge band called lit Yes. You know, My Own Worst Enemy was yep. their big hit. They had a few of them. She managed them, okay. Eric Sardinas, 
uh, a few other acts. And the last one she mentioned, she's like, do you know a guitar player named Steve I? I'm like, yeah, I had a poster of him uh, <laughs> on my wall growing up as a kid. Right. But I was not a fanboy. I kept it very professional because as soon as you become a fanboy, sorry, maybe that's, you know, gender biased, a fan person, <laughs> a fan person. because, because anybody can be like that. Yeah. It's very easy to be like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but as soon as you are, you're kind of put into this fan category and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, there's colleagues and there's, there's fans, you know, right. of, work of any kind, photography, art, music, whatever it might be. So, Kept it super pro all the time. Ne and, and that's how I met Steve, long story short. But even with Steve, never talked about my guitar playing. He, he knew I was a guitar player. He knew I went to MI. Yeah. But I never once was a fan to him. Right, right. Pushed my music on him or guitar playing. I let all that happen. I let them come to me and say, hey, I'd like to, like to hear some playing. And I recorded. I was recording a demo with some of the recording students at MI. and okay. and shitty four song demo you know <laughs> by today's standards but steve was like yeah that's cool and uh he's like yeah i could I, I need another guitar player for this tour we're about to do can you do it and i was like yeah i can <laughs> wow. do that we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors man so that demo did anything ever come of that did you ever use any of that stuff in your solo work I do have it. I do still have it. I've oh, never cool. released it. But some of those ideas did turn into some of the songs that were on my first record, Shove the Sun Aside. Awesome. Oh, cool. There's a song on there called Monument Shine. Yes. first song or some parts of it you know it evolved after right. i recorded that and joined steve's band and, uh, and and really kind of just changed my perspective on music and playing and, and just upped everything but the initial riff on that was the first song on the demo and there were some other ones that trickled into some work since then oh that's awesome never waste a good idea no you can't <laughs> You can't. You really, anytime, and again, something I recommend to everybody, and not, not that it's needed, but it's uh, super obvious. Those ideas are little nuggets of gold. Yeah. And we all know that if you don't capture it in five seconds, it's gone. Yeah. At least for me, it is, because my brain's always a million miles an hour. So <laughs> I always have my phone like ready to go. And there are literally thousands of videos in my iCloud from my phone of any ideas, a any idea I come with immediately. It's a, it's a, it's a multi-daily occurrence. God, I don't know how you guys, I've heard that from some other artists and I, I think I listened to an interview with Steve's talking about that. I don't know how you guys keep track of all those. I mean, there's got to be awesome riffs that have gotten lost or forgotten about that years later, you're like, oh, this is the good. way to do it, the way my system anyway, the way to do it in my world 
is just don't think about it. Just record the videos. And then, you know, again, the beautiful thing about all the uh, all the stuff that I use, you know, all the Mac stuff is it's just automatically up in the iCloud. I don't have to do anything with it. Once it's there, though, you do have to be diligent about it. And I review them and then I classify them by genre. Oh, okay. Nothing else. Nothing else. I don't need to. I don't need. I don't have time. Nobody else has time. (laughs) The only thing we need to classify by is is really genre. Okay. Because then if you're going to do a project of some sort, you can go into that genre folder and you've got those ideas that are going to serve that that genre for that project and whatever. That's really the only organization that I do with those kinds of things. And it can be difficult because there are quite a few, but that's just my recommendation. I don't care about key, quality, technique used, any of that stuff. Just the genre, and that's it. Yeah, because I mean, you can always modify it to modify sure. the general idea to fit if it's if it's going to work with that project yeah. you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. There's quite a few years between "Shove the Sun Aside" and "On Revolute." Right. Was that just because you're touring so much or, or working? Yeah. It's the touring thing. It's the touring thing. And the first record, I was touring with Steve, and then we went and we did a whole new tour. And on that tour, Steve, I I had no experience with this in particular, but Steve's like, you're going to record every show. Oh. Here's the gear, figure it out, engineer it, put it together. Blah, blah, blah. And that turned into a double live record called Alive in an Ultra World. Oh, it's a great album. And I did all the live engineering for that. Wow. Uh, you know, cap every day, every day. I had no idea what I was doing. Was that, <laughs> that was the one where each track on there was like an improv for a country. Yeah. Or for, for wherever stop that you guys were at. Yeah. That and is a cool. Technology was there. But, you know, hard drives, and we're talking early, early 2000s. We're talking like a 17 gig drive was like $1,500, you know, and and the only way to really back things up then was to a tape machine. Oh, wow. So all that stuff we had on the road and, uh, you know, Steve was nominated um, for a couple of songs for Grammys, I think off of that record. Okay. I mean, I know for sure. I've got them hanging up somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, the song Whispering a Prayer was yes. from this record. Right, right. And on the record, before he plays the song, he says, are we rolling? Are we actually rolling? Because I remember that day, the gear was not cooperating. We are going to change our normal program and play a new song for you, Okay. Because, uh, because we are recording it. Are we actually recording? Is the red light on? Is Buenos Aires gonna enter into immortality? That was a tough day for me because, again, this legend, Steve I, puts his entire project in my very inexperienced hands. Wow. And it was a bit of a it was a bit of a train wreck, but it turned out perfectly. You know, the record has been nominated for a few Grammys and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fast forward to when we get off of that tour, I say, all right, I'm going to record 
my my first like real record. So we get off tour. I asked Steve and his engineers, you know, what do you recommend? I want to do this all by myself. I want to learn how to do it. Okay. Which of course I didn't do it all by myself, but but <laughs> a lot of it I did. He's like, all right, get this these mic pre's, compressors, EQs, get Pro Tools, and 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 blah 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 blah. So in between tours, I would chip away at recording these you know, that, that first record. Okay. And we're just back on tour constantly, you know, after that. And so it took some time until I actually had a solid like year, year and a half, two years off. And that's when I started doing on Revolut. It's a little, um, I don't want to say the word sad, but <laughs> those records burnt me out. Really? Really badly. Wow. Because each of them, the first one, not knowing what I was doing, was a constant every single day was a battle it was like i all right i I need this sound so with this mic placement is this gonna win you know just constant it was just it was just a lot of work and then on revolute just as a as a record was it's the longest record i personally know of yeah it's 76 minutes yeah each track is Quite you know, six and a half to eight minutes long. I think really? there's a twelve minute long track at the end. The title track is is, is twelve minutes long. If I never released anything else, <laughs> that song on that record is good enough for me. here and everything i ever wanted in music is in that song for me yeah but they took so long to do and they were just such a chore between that and a lot more touring another bunch of years goes by and i think it was 2012 i was like i need to put something else out but i can't do another one of those records (laughs) so i went to the extreme opposite and i put out a record called collection of short stories volume one and that's me with one acoustic guitar and nothing else. Yeah, it's beautiful. so much from from sitting down to conceive the concept writing it recording it releasing it the whole thing front to back was maybe six months oh wow it was so fast i was like this is exactly what it fast forward another bunch of years i think to 2017 after a whole bunch more touring i re-released the first record remastered it added i think three or four new songs maybe it's three three songs three new songs again 2016 2017 more more touring and here we are. A collection of short stories, volume two, is now off to mixing and mastering. Awesome. That I did last year. 
again, a bit more of a battle on on other reasons, on other levels. So I chopped it down to six songs only. So it's okay. basically an EP, but that's going to be good enough. So that's coming out this year at some point. And now I'm on to, uh, I'm going to do one more EP just because I just feel like I'm in EP mode and I'm enjoying doing smaller projects yeah. so I not burn myself out. And that, th- this it, whole pandemic thing is, is really... I've seen a, a lot of people do that. Things have gone to singles and EPs rather than full-length releases. Yeah, and people that have, like colleagues I have, that have recorded and have full-length new releases, they, they didn't release them. Right. They're, they're waiting to leverage it with a tour. Yeah. And when you can't, because that's where the money is for musicians now. Yeah. It's, not, it's not music. You know, what am I going to get? 0.00003 cents from Spotify? Exactly. You got to be Taylor Swift to make any real money off of streaming platforms. So it's all about the touring and such. So yeah, 2020 was just as, I mean, for everyone, just a total nightmare of a year. But um, things are looking good this year. And uh, last year, being home, like I said, I did the acoustic record. My band, I have a band actually called Monument Shine now. Oh, okay. I wanted to ask you about that. I started in 2019 and wrote songs, put a band together. We did one gig. I released one single and video. show with Steve uh, and then COVID happened but during that time I wanted to revamp the direction of that band revamp the band itself so I put together a new band we wrote a full record I still have never met the drummer (laughs) I have never met the bass player I still have never met the keyboard player it was all via you know online Skype and such and that's wild What's great is you do have to just adapt to the situation. What sucks is it takes way longer to, here's an idea, I'm going to send this to you, and a week later it comes back and there's three seconds of music added, so it has to go back and forth and back and forth. And it's just not the same as being in a room with people making music. Right. So we're, we're, we're doing what we can with it, and uh, we're almost done recording the first single, are and there, then that'll be mixed and mastered. Are there vocals in this one? Yes, that's a, that's a, it's basically a jam-type band situation. The aim is festival music. It's really like festival-type music, like awesome. Dead, Fish, Panic, uh, Umphreys McGee, and so on and so on. Just yeah. a stage of good musicians with accessible music that's just fun to listen to and fun to dance to and that kind of stuff. It's not pop. It's, you know, again, it's like Dave Matthews meets Fish meets Dead meets blah, 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 blah. Oh, you know, awesome. no rules, no rules about it except, you know, good musicians. 
and, and playing some fun music. And that's really, that's really it. Man, I'm anxious to hear that. Several years ago now, I don't know if you mentioned Umphrey's McGee. Did you guys, did you ever get up with the, uh, their side little project, Umphrey? It's no. uh, Chris Poland. It's basically Umphrey's McGee with Chris Poland from Megadeth. And yeah. Yeah. it's really good. <laughs> Well, I've heard of his project called Ohm. It's just O H M. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like a mix of those yeah. two. Yeah, it is so. He's, he's awesome. He's a sick player. All right, so so that you're working on that project. I mean, um, did you say there was a, a time frame for that, or are you just kind of the, going with the flow? The first single is almost done. Yeah. Again, last year we wrote ten songs. We wrote a full record, but because we still have never gotten in a room together. I mean, now we're getting, I'm vaccinated, the singer's vaccinated. I think Josh the drummer is, um, you know, between, it's just, you know, the the ripple effect from 2020 is going to last a while. Yeah. Because it's like, well, we were all home and now, you know, things are opening up and it's kind of like playing catch up on multiple levels for, you know, because musicians are usually involved in a few different projects and some, some people have, you know, full-time other jobs or had to get other jobs because the, the rug was pulled out from under us yeah. and no shows, no money, you know, it's really, it really is what it is, but slowly but surely things are going to come out. So this first single will be out this summer cool. sometime, and then we're going to keep going from there. Okay. Now, did, were you continuing to do uh, Gatopia throughout 2020? I, I did. And you know, it's, it's, it's bittersweet for me. Okay. One, I can certainly feel appreciative for having something like that that is kind of covid proof right you know pandemic proof because it's all online and it's it's just me you know i do everything on that site front to back the downfall to that is i'm super burnt out on that when you do anything way way because you know again when i get into something it's i am buried in it because I'm a very passionate person and there's no other way to do things. But when you start getting burnt out, you start half-assing everything. Yes. So the content will never be half-assed. It's the business side of things that I simply can't be bothered with. And I will not be bothered with ever. (laughs) So I am trying my hardest to get other people involved to handle the site, the business, the promo, all of that other stuff, because I'm sorry, I'm not alive for that. Right. Uh, I'm not a teacher, although I am by default, like any musician is by default when you got to make some money off tour. Right. And you kind of have a functioning brain like I do. And, (laughs) and you can put a couple of words together to form a sentence and convey an idea and teach something as clear as possible. You know, so for some reason I, I have a little bit of a, skill set for that but it, it i try to it's it's becoming more and more difficult you know and i think 2020 being like oh okay this is this is all my income right now is coming from this so laser focus and blah 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 and now that things are opening up again it's like okay you know you just you again to bring it around full circle there's no question about what i should be doing you know, and everyone, hopefully they can get in tune with their, their just, you know, we talk about gut feeling, you know, there's only one of those. There's one direction to go in at a time. And as soon as you try to split yourself, like I've been doing between Gatopia and building that and music, 
it, it starts to separate you. You you basically become two people, and it's hard to shift gears like that mentally. Yeah, and, and you can't put all your effort into either one. Yeah. So. That sucks horribly because yeah. I don't want to half-ass anything, you know, so a decision, a decision has to be made at some point and you gotta, you just have to go with what you're feeling. So I'm, I'm progressing. I'm, I'm keeping it going. Gatopia is there. It's alive and well. I do multiple live events every week, okay. but that was, that was one of the turning points in la last year, something had to give. And up until last year, it was plan the lessons, record the lessons, edit. And it's just, you know, and I outsourced a lot of that, but also a lot of it I would do okay. just because I'm like, I can get this done very quickly, but it's never that quickly. You know? <laughs> it's never that quickly. And no matter what you're trying to do, you're in that mindset for like three, four hours and then you're tired yeah. and then can't work on music. And you know, well, toughen up. You got to make a living. I get that. But at the same time, we're all going to be dead someday. Yep. And when you're dying, when you want to look back on your life, do you want to think, yep, I paid bills? Yeah. <laughs> or do you want to think I lived how I wanted to live? I feel like I served my purpose. Exactly. I am not alive to pay bills. I, at the detriment to myself, I keep using that word, but... I don't give a shit about houses, cars, material things. I don't care at all. I wish I did. And I know, you know, if you're if you're listening to this as a podcast, you're not seeing the the background here. <laughs> if I didn't have connections in the industry, there is no way I would have all of this shit around me. <laughs> because I I wouldn't buy it. I right. simply wouldn't buy it, right. you know? And I think that's a good thing. I don't care about that stuff. I think that's very I, healthy I, actually. I, I need a few tools like any tradesman does tradesperson does. <laughs> I, I need some tools, but I certainly don't need, I don't need a lot. And if you, um, you might've heard Steve say as well, just live a bit below your means and you never have to worry. That's true. And I've always been like that because from 10 years old, I never cared. I was into guitar. I wasn't into, you know, I didn't get caught up in, in the material thing. Now, I, again, I appreciate now more than ever a good vacation, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and a comfortable, uh, you know, lifestyle, but that doesn't mean lavish to me. Right. Okay. We're, we're running up on our time here and, and I, I don't want to keep you any longer than, than I promised. So, no worries. Where no can worries. people find you and, and follow you and, and find out what's going on with the, the new band and when Steve goes back on tour? Yeah, just Facebook, Instagram. That That's really kind of it right now. I do live events like for everyone on YouTube and Facebook. Gatopia, of course, if anybody happens to, for whatever reason, enjoy my mindset, my philosophical <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> ramblings and shit. Um, how philosophical is that? <laughs> um, everything that I, you know, that's the thing that people have to remember. When you go to somebody's business, let's say something like Utopia, that's 30, almost 35 years of experience, but filtered real world professional experience. And that has been filtered down to just get you the answers. So it's all output focused. 
you know, that's the thing is everyone, this is the flaw in education, it's the flaw in guitar education for sure. Um, speaking from my own experience, everybody's so concerned about, I gotta, I gotta know all the technique, I gotta know all the theory, I gotta know everything, I have to ingest everything. And yet, the focus on outputting any of that is non-existent. And people wonder why they're not getting anywhere with music because they simply don't know how to use what they're learning. You know, I didn't think about it like that. So Gatopia is all fo focused on output, on music output. Is there a skill level that you would recommend for is it, it beginners to you know novice yeah. to experts? I mean, there's a little bit of something for everyone, cool. and there are many, many features that um, you can just dive in. I mean, as of as of yesterday, there's 437 jam tracks. Oh wow that aren't anywhere else except for Gatopia, and, and I've built nearly all of them myself. Wow. Um, I couldn't even tell you, I mean, there's there's 700 something lessons of the week at this point. Jeez. I started on YouTube in like 05 or 06, it was called Riff of the Week back yes, then. Yes, I remember. Stupid name, I, I wasn't teaching riffs, it just didn't make any sense, but <laughs> I just picked a name and went with it. Yeah, uh, I think you're being a little too technical, a little hard on yourself for that yeah, one. Yeah. It's catchy. But no, I mean, that never stopped, it really never stopped. Um, there's boot camps, but the actual course is called The Guitar Path, and that is taking a lot of time. We're in the intermediate phase now, but I spent years developing the beginner phase because I didn't want to leave. I wanted, the aim was to have it be the most comprehensive guitar course ever, especially in that beginner phase because when you get into intermediate level and then advanced level, by the time you get there, it's really not that difficult if you spent enough time in the beginner phase and building the proper foundation. Oh, that makes sense. So that's, that's it, you know, that's the thing. Don't, don't, you know, as an example, you know, even a beginner guitar book, they will say, okay, chapter whatever, maybe two or three in those books. Here are five open chords, C, A, G, E, D, whatever else it might be. Right. You can learn those chords and guess what? You still have no idea what to do with them. Exactly. So in the guitar path, we talk about this philosophy and I say, and, and I guarantee you any person on the planet, I can give them a guitar, I can show them a D chord, but what's more important is showing them some form of rhythmic strumming pattern. And instantly with that little knowledge of one chord, not five, not 50, not all the chords, right. but one, you're now a musician because you're taking this thing and you're strumming and you're you're making music with it because music is, and this is a question that most people can't answer. I say, what is music? And people go, oh God, I never thought of that. What does that mean? Blah, blah, blah. It's melody, harmony, and rhythm. Right. And like you said, it goes back to rhythm, which, yep. you know, from your beginning, from your musical inception, that's been your focus. Exactly. It's, it's, let's get good with one chord and make music with one chord, make music with one scale before you worry about learning, you know, it's like, I, I, I see some beginners and they're trying to get down the modes of melodic minor <laughs> and listen, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be an obstacle for people's quest of knowledge of any kind, but that stuff is way easier when you know the six beginner scales and then the modes of the parent scales, which would be your intermediate level. And by the time you get to harmonic and melodic minor and their modes and the symmetrical scales and then the exotic scales and blah, 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 that stuff is easy. That stuff is actually really simple. 
if you spent enough time going through this path, this course, whatever you, whatever you wanna call it, it's really not that difficult, but the philosophy has to be right and it has to be taught from experience. You know, and that is the, that's ultimately the difference between, you know, I, I get emails almost every day. Hey, I've been trying to learn guitar from YouTube, but I don't seem to be getting anywhere. So I think I need some better guidance and et cetera. And I'm like, because you're, you're trying to learn from somebody who never left their house. Right. You know what I mean? On YouTube, they have a functioning brain, a camera, a web connection. They do the, you know, the, the clickbait face as a, as a freaking thumbnail. And it's not that the information is wrong, although a lot of it is taught incorrectly. It's that they don't know how to teach even the right stuff because they don't have the experience. They didn't go through showing up at Steve Vai's house and saying, your turn to solo, day one, five minutes in, go. Wow, I, I got to make this thing musical now, and that thing might be might be a minor penance. You can't stand there in front of Steve I and recite a scale. No, no. So God, what else no. do you do with it? You got to focus on the output, which is rhythm, phrasing, yes, technique, force, style, dynamics. That's the lifeblood of music. You you got to. There's no way to get that experience unless you're a doer. You can't sit in your basement and and think you 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 can become a YouTuber on in your basement, <laughs> but that takes away the qualification or you can become a podcaster there's like nothing a, wrong with podcast <laughs> a guitar podcast <laughs> well man i've had a blast man I, you're always welcome back if sure you ever want to come back in part two awesome yeah we can do part two you're always welcome to come back on i've had a blast chatting with you i appreciate it thank you so much i've had a great time as well yeah thank you It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 